So uh, I'm uh, John Hillcoat, the director, and I'm here with Matt Bondurant, the writer of the book that started all of this. Hello. Um, we're just, uh, we need to get through uh, so many logos. There's too many logos on films these days. <laughs> but they're all very important. Yes, I understand. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is the, um, well, Red Wagon actually found the book. That's right, yeah. And drew uh, attention. And then Anna Perna came in to uh, really kickstart. Uh, I mean, it was started already, but they, they were the final people to really get it going. Right. Based on a true story. I'll hand that one over to you, Matt. That's... Uh, <laughs> Obviously, that's come up a lot. It has, and uh, the book, of course, is a is a, a fictionalized reimagining of of the story of my grandfather and his brothers, um, which tried to stay as close to the historical record as possible, using whatever we had. But, for example, scenes like this, which is also the first scene in the book, slightly slightly altered, but pretty much the same scene that opens the book up, and uh, this was a complete reimagine you know just uh, something i just completely imagined or, or made up um as a way of kind of introducing the brothers as young boys to the kind of world that uh that they inhabited i guess and, and, and also yet and yet i mean in, in the country i would imagine you know the the daily event of working right. with livestock and right. how many pigs you'd right. have to kill and right yeah it, it, it's you know I, I was i'm kind of fascinated by that that rural violence that, that that's a, a, a normal occurrence in, in daily life and one of the things that i wanted to do and you know, which the film does very well there is sets up jack as being a little different than his brothers you know he seems to be have a little more trouble with My this kind of Violence, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it, and it's something. Uh, it's it's a side of. I mean, there's a big controversy around uh, violence, and especially when it comes to animals. And of course, people in the countryside uh, are living and working with the animals, and they have to deal with, um, you know, the process of everyday life. You know, that involves. Um, so, hence, killing a pig, I think, is a huge. Um, kind of symbolic uh, uh, message and some people have no problem with it you know in terms of doing it uh, other people do and I think it's a great way of um, setting it up it's already racing ahead ahead of us now but the the uh, I mean this 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 is a trying to set up again this came from the book the way they did their rounds and dropping the the moonshine off to the sheriff. There was a, a, a well-established way of life, wasn't there? Right, yeah. Um, it, it, it sets up the complicity with law, local law enforcement and how... It's a small rural area. Like they, everybody, knows, everybody knows each other. So, that, you know, they knew these sheriffs. Um, they were people from the area. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these kinds of deliveries were, were normal. My, my father remembers being a little boy riding in his father's truck with mason jars you know clinking as they made deliveries even in broad daylight in uh, in town and, and otherwise so it was a it was a it was a pretty standard way of operating 
and is it true that there was uh, it was like nine, almost like ninety in the high nineties percent of everyone in Franklin County were yeah, involved there, in making a leak? Yeah, there was a quote from a there was during the federal investigation some. Uh, you know, I don't know how they came up with that number. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think what they were suggesting was that yeah, about nine out of ten people were involved in some way. That doesn't mean to say they were making, but they were they were involved. Yeah, they, they, you know, yeah. their their brother or sister yeah. was making or something like that, and it certainly was widespread. Let's say that was, by the way, uh, my uh, son in the alleyway picking up the, trying no to pick way. up a Tommy gun, awesome. and Nick Cave was the dead dead corpse. guy. I, I did know that. Yeah, and. And then his boys were also there as part of the street. Uh, that was something that we actually um, threw in in terms of uh, there was uh, doing I Love Research myself yeah. and, and the weight of a Tommy gun. Yeah. And that was a real Tommy gun. I mean, obviously not loaded. Yeah. Um, but the uh, he couldn't, my boys, you know, a 10-year-old, and he couldn't even pick it up properly. Yeah. It was that heavy. Yeah. Oh, this is, uh, well, so there's, yeah, the gangsters in the city that they had to supply it to, but then all the different communities. Right, um, right. Uh, to Shazos, we, we loved, it. the scene was a bit different in the book, but it, it they dropped off uh, the booze yeah. to the local um, uh, families. Um, you yeah. know, I, I was just interested in that whole racial... Uh, uh, thing that was going on at that time. Yeah, yeah. There I, was segregation, and yet, yeah, in that part of the country, I guess. Um, can you talk? It, it, it was. It, it seems to me like it's in. Also, talking to my father about it and things that it wasn't as pronounced. And the Deshazos were, you know, a real family that lived down the road. And my father and his brothers and sisters played with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were. They didn't do a whole lot of you know business together let's say but they would work on each other's farms a bit and there, there was there was a sort of a a very casual relationship um i i also think uh i mean there's uh, more of a cross-pollination too with the cultures of like the uh even in the music hence bluegrass sure. and and i think that probably came out of the fact that these people had you know the common denominator of being dirt poor right, right. working uh together right uh, whether they liked it or not, right. and um, hence that um, you know cross pollination of, of influences would have been more pronounced, um, which is what we loved about also um, uh, Ida Bell. Yeah, you know the uh, so uh, sort of a matriarch. You know that little bean story. That's that's a that's 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 based on a true story as well. There was a an account in Franklin County of, of a wake where they had a guy, you know, the, the deceased man propped up in a corner pouring yeah. liquor in his mouth, and, uh, you know, that's something that was done. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was... I was very... I, I was... It was a tricky scene to do. I wanted to do it with, you know, real sincerity, and I didn't want to imply that this was something bizarre necessarily, but yeah. um, but a, oh. a normal way of life. Sorry, i got to apologize for that... Um. I just saw the title as Lawless. Hang yeah. on. <laughs> I thought it was Wettest County in yeah. the World. No, 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 no. no. Um, just, just to explain that a bit, because um, that, that comes up as well. That, um, And uh, 
I don't know if I did apologize to you directly oh, about that. You don't need that. to apologize to me about um, it. But the what happened was the translation, that whole idea of wet and dry prohibition just doesn't exist overseas historically. So the European distributors were all com- coming back saying, we cannot work with this title, we're right. going to retitle it. It was, I don't know if you were aware that it was seen as either a documentary about uh, rainfall um, or pornography. Yeah, um, I'd so heard that, yeah. No. But so we, we decided to, rather than have a hundred different titles, that we needed to simplify it. And, and um, admittedly, it's very generic. Uh, the lawless title, actually, the how it came about was I knew a guy called Peter Lawless uh, who was genuinely wild and in and out of prison and um, that struck me as a a sort of multi-meaning that title Mm -hmm. and uh, then Terence Malick um, had the title for his own film uh, discovered so he very graciously I had a conversation with him and he uh, gave it to us yeah uh, which was a wonderful thing hence the thank you f- to him in the credit um yeah at the end but um uh oh anyway that was a slight digression um i've lost track of the so we just now. saw that you know the, the, that last scene was the corn shucking uh scene which was one of the big sort of social events that that's right that yes. in franklin county you know uh, that's one thing I was trying to figure out is how, when did people get together, what kinds of social events, and it really came down to corn shuckings and hog killings <laughs> were like right. the two big social events. And so, ah, oh, we should have done hog killing, <laughs> but it, that would have been kind of nasty to to, to watch. Um, lots of yeah. lots of hogs and uh, wow, but I love that. Uh, I mean, that's just why I originally the script we had it in a different place, um, but we deliberately yeah. put that next to the to, to Shazos or. Yeah, uh, Deshazos. Yeah. Uh, to contrast the two different worlds, mm-hmm. you know, of of the two different communities. And what I love about this Appalachian area and this history is the communities are so um, interesting in terms of there's strict religious communities, right? Like, you know, hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's racial different racial divides, and there's, uh, uh, you know. D- Obviously, then thrown into this is the bootlegging mm-hmm. and the. Um, Jason Clark is wonderful, right there. By the way, <laughs> I think he yeah. does a he does an amazing job of conveying that sort of disbelief. Subtle, yeah, yeah. Well, to see someone uh, you know come in from the city like yeah. that. Now yeah. I know we we took a that's uh, we we tried to set up more of a dichotomy between the city, um, partly because we're. Oh, and also, yes. sorry, just getting to that. Yeah. Again, it's um, we wanted to just be matter of fact about what was going on in America at that time, which is everywhere there was segregation, and yet there was, you know, getting back to that intermingling. Right. But here, this scene, um, uh, you know, the Chicago thing, everyone knows prohibition really from the Capones and the big cities, and... Uh, what I loved about Floyd Banner, your your kind of uh, there was a sense of this guy being having that sort of gangster coolness to him. Yeah, and we kind of heightened it to the degree where really his like for Jack, 
uh, I've always thought of this scene as where where it's like for all of us. We, the audience, look at these guys in this way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and when when uh, when there was that scene of him just walking down the country road with the uh, pulling out the Tommy gun in the middle of the con- you know little country town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something very kind of iconic about it, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we wanted that whole uh, kind of idealized view, because yeah. Jack idealized his his brothers the way that they were comfortable with violence or very efficient with violence in a way that he wasn't and couldn't understand, and that doesn't get any more. Uh, heightened than these guys and also he had an ambition about you know these guys were really successful right this you know, this sort of starts his his uh active you know participation in, in that ambition you know he sees this as this is kind of a thing that sparks his uh his desire to you know to to do something uh do something different something larger something bigger it's you know it, it, it in the in the book it's it's treated you know differently to some degree but with the film, of course, you have to visually do it very yeah. quickly and, and, yeah. and, and abruptly. And um, you ain't never gonna believe what I yeah, the the Floyd Banner character is, is based on a guy named named Floyd Carter, who was a a pretty big um, moonshiner. Well, mostly a really a bootlegger, and uh, it, and he had a group they called the Midnight Coal, Midnight Coal Company, which I, which yeah. he kept in here, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but he he, uh, he was a he was a pretty interesting character, and um, one of the ways I, I what I did is I used him as the way for Jack to to start to you know work on his own you know that he would that he would interact with some of these kind of dangerous characters. And this is actually based on a true story too. This uh, this actually happened in, in Franklin County. Uh, a, a gentleman hooked up a still in his basement and and had it run into the plumbing and people could come in and you know fill up in the bathroom or whatever and uh well uh, there's incredible ingenuity and that's what we loved about the character of critic cricket that he was so uh you know the the ingenious kind of schemes and plans uh-huh. you know uh-huh. all the way later on uh we sort of we um imply that he was partly responsible for inventing NASCAR, which is <laughs> yeah, actually right. <laughs> uh, truly what happened when it came to the blockaders running right. the moonshines. They, right. There was this continual... Um, I mean, I think all people, when they're under pressure like that too, economically, they'll come up with their own, you know, inventive ways of coping, really, sure. to survive. Sure. Um, and I, I was fascinated by, the you know, like a character that's clearly has a mechanical he's mechanically inclined you know he's uh you know in another place in time he might have been a you know an engineer or you know a brilliant uh uh you know scientist or something he has a and in so in this environment he channels his energy into you know engines and machines and making things and um yeah now we uh <clears throat> just talking about uh i realized uh there's, and there's another, this scene actually ends with uh, another one of Tom's uh, um, now infamous grunts. Um, yeah. But the, I love the way uh, that sort of came about because um, 
the character of Forrest was so inarticulate in terms of expressing his feelings. And right. there seems to be this whole thing that we picked up in the book that these guys didn't like to really talk about, you know, a lot of stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> and particularly Forrest. Right. Um, and uh, uh, Tom just took that. He kind of ran with that idea further than what was ever in the script, mm -hmm. you know, which... Initially, was kind of alarming, but then we realized actually he was really uh, doing something quite brilliant. I think with that. Um, but uh, and of course, these the local deputies. What fascinated me again about the book with Sheriff Hodges and the deputies Abishar is that they all grew up together, so mm -hmm. they all knew everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm which makes the whole situation very close up and personal yep. in a way that, you know, in the big cities, the Capone stuff, you know, it's a different kind of situation. Right. right. You know, um, it's very uncomfortable and awkward when you have to, when these sheriffs are, you know, they they have to try to enforce the laws, you know, later on and, and these people that they know and they don't want to, they don't really want to, like Sheriff Hodges, you know, they don't want to really hurt each other or... But so they're kind of stuck. They're kind of caught in the middle of this thing, between the Commonwealth Attorney and in the in the Bondurants here. Yeah. Now we did take some liberties with Rakes here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> we, you know, he uh, we actually made him come from the city um, as opposed to because he was just a, a local deputy, yeah. co correct? Yep. That's right. I mean, right. he was. Yeah. Had a definitely a a nasty edge to him, but he, he uh, did. Yeah. But uh, we, so the fact that there was this corruption and, and the guys kind of leaning in, muscling in on these uh, moonshiners the way they did to take advantage of the economic situation, we wanted to um, kind of highlight with the character of Rakes. And of course, that meant uh, Guy was very keen to really kind of reference the uh, extravagance of characters like Cagney and those, you know, more uh, overt, outward, um, uh, extreme characters, you know, that were around in those times. Mm -hmm. I mean, that hairstyle, for instance, was came from photographs uh, with that incredible part and the amount of hair product. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, but he added things like losing his eyebrows and... Weird, weird things like that. Um, but he, uh, when he rolled, this was his first day of shooting this scene, and uh, Shia came along just to watch, and uh, a bunch of other people, and it was uh, everyone was really excited when he rolled up just to see, you know, it's, uh, an actor as audacious and vibrant as Tom, and someone that's come that's so uh, transformative as Guy. You know, because he always disappears into his roles. Right, right. Of course, we got some great local characters from around the place here. Um, the Moonshiner meeting. Mm -hmm. Some of these, uh, I was very uh, taken by the way the faces, people living in these environments, mm -hmm. they their whole physicality is reflected mm -hmm. in that environment mm -hmm. so hence a face like that mm -hmm. 
Me, I'll never pay no money, no Mason Ward. When you first saw this, it must have been particularly odd. First time was definitely very strange, sort of surreal experience. Uh, because, you know, I'd been living with this story for a long time and imagining it in my own way, and then, I, and then I, the way I wrote it. And then when I first thought about it being a film, you're sort of imagining it another way. And, and then, of course, you know, when, when, it, when you're watching it, it's, 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 diff- you know, it's different. It's, you know, the, the, the characters, the people are, you know, different, even though I knew of the actors and what they were going to do. It's still... It, it was really hard the first time. I, I didn't really know how to, what, what, to, what, what to think about. I couldn't really, I couldn't focus on it because I was making these second by second uh, evaluations of all the decisions that you guys had made, you know, uh, as compared to all the things that I was thinking. So I was doing that instead of like actually Watching paying it. attention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, it was the second time uh, that in the cast and crew screening in LA where I really was like enjoying it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a, this is a film. This is this is actually a pretty good film. And really, the, in the third time, it was probably even the best. I was just uh, and seeing it in a theater. You know, the first time that we right. saw that little room, and so seeing it in the theater yeah. with the crowd and the way, way people reacted, uh, especially to you know the Charlie Rake's character in particular, gets lots of reaction. Yeah. And 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 I started to sort of just you know enjoy it, enjoy it as a film. And and there's several scene, there's several sections of it I think are particularly well done. I, I think that 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 nighttime scene we just saw. Um, the cinematography of that and the colors, the way those nighttime scenes are done, I think are really special. You know, um, I I really enjoyed that, and I think I think what 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 Guy Pierce does here too, this very sort of intense moment um, with with this wonderful actor who plays Sheriff Hodges, who I think is really spot on. I, I liked I liked his character a lot. Yeah, he uh, this there was a little homage to Deliverance here, where um, actually John Borman, um, who's a friend and and loves the film, but told me about the um, uh, about how the, there's this, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the intermingling between Cherokee right. and uh, the locals. And mm-hmm. so we thought that would be a good thing to give to Rake since it, it he is. has yeah. such a prejudice against these people. And, right. um, and, and so that was just uh, thrown in there. But uh, the, this place, this whole... This is Blackwater Station, where my brilliant uh, production designer that's worked on all my films, Chris Kennedy, um, actually built this entire structure um, in just over four weeks, um, designed and built it on the actual location. Um, so it, it's, but it came from, again, from photographs. You know, um, we, we love our research, as I'm sure you love yours, clearly, from the book. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and and, the, uh, yeah. and you mentioned the cinematography, Benoit, we um, who did the proposition with me as well, um, uh, love to try and give that feeling of authenticity to to the world that you're in, yeah, you know, so that you can kind of travel back to those times. No, um, it's a, it's a very rich and textured sort of environment, and I th- I think it's the the level of historical accuracy with just all the little items and the, the equipment. I, I mean, we, we visited this set, my father and I, and my father was really taken aback. He was blown away by that. One thing I want to mention, remember when we, when we saw Howard there on the porch and he takes the the top off the jar and chucks it into the yard, that's something from the book that 
Yeah. I love that sort of symbolic act like, I'm going to drink this whole thing. Yeah, like, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. even need this lid. Well, he <laughs> hung out with you guys uh, for a bit. Yeah, Jason Clark. Up, yeah, he, he picked up a lot of details. Um, this is actually one of the th- scenes uh, that drew, when I read this in the book, it mm. was one of the scenes that just grabbed me as like, I want to make this film um, because it was so unusual and so special, the whole idea of the foot washing right. ritual right. and as a romance I thought it was really beautiful yeah yeah um, and, and, and Jack has this thing about his his feet is one of these things I kind of built into the story yeah. and, and you guys kind of there's shots of his boots several points and and, yeah. and that comes from a story my, my grandfather told my dad one time how he, he really wanted this pair of boots but they cost two dollars and he didn't have two dollars this was 1930 and so I've always been kind of fascinated by that and so um I, and I think that the yeah the feast of love ceremony which the Dunkards do um, where they where they wash each other's feet and I, and I thought wow what what an amazingly sort of uncomfortable and also at the same time you know slightly erotic and just a yeah. bizarre thing to do and and then of course Jack's there with his dirty nasty feet and his dirty and old, drunk yeah and drunk because yeah, that's the only way he get the the courage to do it and yeah, Dutch courage yeah and 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 the uh, and just the, the of course the the formality and the and the 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 ritual of this church, the, you know, the Dunkard Church, and the way it's represented, just this very sort of unique little cultural environment, uh, and the way um, the way they the way they do their services and their singing and well, shape note singing is a, a thing of the South. Um, that it's a specific sort of form right. that uh, is unique. Uh, a kind of they develop their own scale, right? Um, so you don't have to read. You don't. You don't have to read music. Yeah, know, yeah. and it, and I loved it. It's all about just uh, vocalizing as loud as you can. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the, you know, the artistic skills right, of, of singing. Your, like, of singing. Yeah. Um, but also uh, just mentioning in terms of, uh, uh, I mean, Mia when she Mia Wasikowska uh, has such for me. Um, looking at the pictures of Bertha, she's she's a bit different, but she's got uh, like uh, those photos of your family a very um, period face. You know, someone yeah. that just looks straight out of that era. Yeah. And uh, have to say, like Jessica Chastain, she was. Um, they were both a breath of fresh air. You know, dealing with all these alpha males. <laughs> so that that was uh, really great when uh, doing we. We all loved uh, the the crew and the cast. Got very excited when, and they're both so different. And I love that about the book, the love story between, uh, you know, Jack and Bertha's very sweet and innocent and gentle and very much like a first love. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Nick sort of structured it in the in this film, it all just leads to the one kiss. You know, yeah. so it's very, whereas Maggie and Ber- uh, Maggie and Forrest, yeah. uh, Jessica and Tom are just so much more mature and complex and mm-hmm. it's like two damaged people coming together mm-hmm. and that was all in mm-hmm. the book as well. Right. Right. And I love that. Uh, for me, that was the real, um, because often in these kinds of worlds of, you know, uh, the, it's hard to get interesting women, female characters. You know, the gangster film traditionally, they've all just been throwaway sort of gangster moles, and and it was just that that uh, those two stories uh, for me and Nick were so special to you know counterpoint all the brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
mm-hmm. that also was playing out. Well, I think in the way you guys did in the film, the, the, those two female characters actually are kind of brought up and play almost, I would say, probably a little bit of a larger role in the story than they do in the book as far as just the amount of time and you know, space they get. You know, I mean, I think you, Nick, uh, and you brought them up into you know more prominence, and I'm really happy about that because... I, you know, I love both those characters too, and I, you know, and I, and I wanted them to be a, a part of it. But you know, with the book, I have all the, you know, the, the Stuart Anderson characters. There's a lot of the other things yeah. going on, sure. So yeah, they, yeah. they don't get as much sort of time, and here they, they, they do, and I'm, I'm just really happy about that. And I, I think the scenes between uh, Tom Hardy and Jessica Chastain, in particular, are, are really well done, and I think. Um, their interactions a lot of them are the, opposed uh, to all the other scenes yeah <laughs> no <laughs> sorry I, I i think it's yeah, one, no. i think it's wonderful it's just a um uh, that the, because because it's you know it, it those are the ones that actually run really close to the to the book actually this this oh. one here is actually very close to the way the book goes too i mean this is almost spot on moment to moment the way i the way i wrote it originally and well, this, you you have an incredible uh, actually like cormac your your um uh, and it's something that I I am very sensitive to, which is the way you portray violence mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and conflict, and um, it's something uh, that's very kind of unpredictable and kind of raw and real, which mm-hmm. is something that I have always, in all my work, wanted to um, portray because I, I've, I've seen violence, I've been a victim of violence, and I take it very seriously. So yeah. that for me, it's um, really important to these sort of brutal um, moments. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they, do not shy away. And, you know. Right, when people have asked me, you know, and because there's moments where I find myself like you know flinching and and it's funny because I then I but I wrote those scenes and and I tell people that and the, and, and I was saying one of the things that I think it's it's why it's it's so amazing is that um, your style it, you know it looks directly at the thing like even at least briefly you know and doesn't sort of shy away from what normally happens you know cameras pan away or, or it's shown and and you tend to take like a straightforward look at it and um and present it in all its you know you know ugliness it's, it's ugliness you know at least momentarily and i was yeah. explaining this to somebody and they're like well that's the what that's what you do too and, yeah. I, and and i guess i do I mean, that's one of the things i always wanted to to do was to i mean i think as a writer you're always trying to look at directly at the most difficult thing to represent whether that's an emotional scene with somebody you know uh, it could be it could be it doesn't have to be violence but it, whatever the most difficult thing to portray is the thing i think as a writer you have to be looking directly at and i think when you do that on film it it it, it challenges the, the viewer in, in a way to to confront it you know something like this um and it reminds me of like like uh, Peckinpah, you know, like yes. th- that's yeah. like in Cormac McCarthy. I mean, these are these are people. That's what they that's what they do too, and certainly big inspirations for me. Well, one of my one of my the high points of my career was um, after the screening of the proposition at Sundance. The uh, Peckinpah's relatives, family came up to me and said, you know, if only Sam was alive. Oh wow, that's awesome to see this. That's awesome. But um, but it is that kind of um, yeah, it's it's that uh, unflinching. Uh, serious, what I see as yeah. a serious approach to right. to um, something that you know is uh, uh, embedded in all of us, uh, hidden away, and you know various circumstances and extremes. 
you know right uh, and and this actually this is this scene here the the conversations to the aftermath I mean I, I wish uh, I mean this was shot slightly um, uh, from different angles so you don't quite get the damage that is there there was in between scene too to help but time has passed here but the dialogue about violence in this mm. moment um, again your your look at the aftermath of violence and the consequences and the um, you know how people express it uh, mm -hmm. verbally too was uh, very impressive I thought well it's it, yeah it doesn't um, I, you know I never wanted to glamorize the violence and certainly that's that's you know I think you feel the same way instead to sort of present the the realities of it and it's it's you know it's ugly and it's nasty it's uncomfortable it's awkward it's not you know like a lot of I think a lot of films and a, a lot of representations you know glamorize it in a way um, and and forced here really what he's expressing is and I thought you did I thought you know Tom does a great job of this and I think Nick did a great job of, of adapting this this sensibility about force that you know he's not you know he doesn't want to engage in any of this but he doesn't want it he's not setting out to hurt anybody or in, even intimidate anybody um, he, you know, he's he's trying to avoid violence, really. But when it comes to him, you know, he will deal with it. And he's trying to express to Shia here that, you know, people are afraid of us, and we have to maintain that, or else, or else we're just going to be seen as anybody else, and we, could, you know, we'll be the ones getting hurt. We have to we have to maintain this illusion, you know, yeah. this kind of this myth that, and like I, I, this is I think this is when Force is kind of you know he he's aware of his own myth, to, you know, to some yeah. degree, and and he's aware that people think he can't be killed. And so he's trying to express this to Shire. He's trying to say, look, you know, we have to maintain this and you can't let this happen or else the whole thing will crumble. And Well, it's almost like a reflection of the laws of nature, isn't it, with animals too. You know, the weaker yeah, yeah. will be stomped on. Yeah. Um, and he's got that kind of uh, thing about him. But I also think, I mean, that playing around with mythology, uh, oh, and that's uh, one of my favorite moments with the, uh, that you had in the... The follow-up to yeah. the church scene with the boot yeah. um, was wonderful, but um, the the way that he's also like this uh, protective mother hen that, and they're both. I, I got the sense that both Howard and and Forrest um, tried to kind of protect Jack. Yeah. Um, and uh, but there is this, and there is this kind of reputation they carry, and this kind of uh, mythology. That developed out of these, but I also think there's. Do you, with these guys that are go to those extremes when they do lash out and experience violence, and they survive so much, they start to. I think there also is an element where because they're flirting with, sorry, uh, they're playing with their own mortality in the mm -hmm. sense that wow, I survived that, I should have been dead. Uh, it's kind of uh, builds perhaps their own uh, feeling of invincibility. Oh, yeah, right. Um, Absolutely. And I love that uh, the way that uh, Maggie was, in a way, stronger than all of them in the sense that she knew what really happened later on. Mm -hmm. um, and and for me, that's one of the, the, again, one of the things that I loved about the book. Um that that uh, exploration with myth and ideas of mortality mm -hmm. and and you know uh, and violence being the kind of knife edge of that right in the very in the very beginning when I started to conceive of the thing I you know I, I, I realized this had 
you know, mythological aspects to it. I mean, the story of Forrest getting his throat cut and walking through the snow, which was the sort of prevailing story in Franklin County about how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I knew, you know, I knew that there had to be something else to it. And there, and there had, and so uh, one of the things, you know, with, the, with, with Maggie and, and her involvement in that part of the story, I wanted to suggest you know, other possibilities and ways this might have gone. And in a way, I, I think I kind of want to talk about how, you know, how these myths come about and develop, you know, how they get passed around and how, how you know, the, the, the image of, of men like this gets built, this sort of character starts to develop. And like you were saying, the men start to assume the character as it's being built. And mm-hmm. especially in this situation when, they're, when, it's, when it's beneficial to them in order to, to, to maintain it, you know. Yeah. And all part of that, like when I'm, you know, uh, there's a long preparation with uh, everything feeds into that, like even the wardrobe design, I was just looking at that close up the cardigan and the vest and everything with Tom, that that, you know, these brothers, um, uh, Tom being that kind of mother hen, uh, he actually was inspired by uh, even the grandma in Tweety Bird, you know, the, the, this um, idea. He wanted a scene of darning the, bro- darning the socks for the oh, brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing about that, that's hence the cardigan was just uh, the ward- my wardrobe uh, designer, Margot uh, Wilson. I, I just love the way, like Maggie's red coat here, this visually, tonally, I was really right. pleased with this scene because of the kind of period colors and mm-hmm. the way um, the wardrobe and the, and the locations kind of added to that um, sense of a different time and place. Um, and this interaction, this is all, this is Nick's, Nick's creation. You know? Yeah, this, this, this was, um, Maggie, uh, we changed a little bit again to fit into that whole city story of, right. um, we know that she, in the book, she kind of drifted in from the outside. Right. Um, but we, we made, we, uh, f- um, uh, simplified to make them both from the city, right. Chicago. It sort of uh, accentuates the difference. Exactly. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah. they, they, it, you know, just in the way that her clothes make her stand out. You know, it's a, yeah. it's another way to. I think it's a great, some great lines there by Cave too. That that drink from a greasy cup line is a good one. Oh, uh, now what? Well, I thought uh, no, that's his. I, oh wow! I don't think. I, well, I don't think that's mine. <laughs> I think that's him. I think that's him. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, yeah that those sort of. Uh, uh, visual metaphors and and details. I mean, um, or, uh, this this uh, this uh, uh, scene I'm fond of in terms of uh, actually there's one long take of this that I was very tempted to keep in the film, but the pacing was a bit off, so couldn't maintain it. But um, these two guys, uh, this was a, a little town that we. Uh, that existed this is by the way shot in georgia i know it's set the story set in virginia mm-hmm. did you feel it, it it feels enough like close enough to oh the, yeah, yeah yeah i think so i mean you got enough uh, you know the hills was the thing i was concerned about you know having some some mountainous uh, hill like yeah. terrain and, and you were able to work that in enough yeah. um well we went up to clayton uh where uh 
uh, John Borman shot Deliverance, and they, they that was in the Appalachian yeah. Hills. Yeah, um, right. But right. we added also uh, occasional mountain yeah. in the background. Um, yeah. Well, the, 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 this scene is is really wonderfully done. I think uh, again, this is this was a, a lot of my favorite scenes are the ones that are most straight from the book. <laughs> you right. know? Like in this yeah. one's straight. This one's like really. Yeah. I mean, it's almost exactly the exchange yeah. and the way that he plays it and the way that she plays it. It's a I, you know I was it was a really fun thing to try to imagine my grandfather courting my grandmother for the first time you know as an 18 year old boy just you know and what would that be like I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it and 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 trying out different things just to because you know it, it, it's of course it's not like today you know it's a whole different kind of yeah. setup and I and I know and I knew that you know I once I got to the line where he says you know want to take a ride with me because of course it's all about yeah. the cars and and yeah. then, uh, and then the exchange sort of followed from there. And that line that she, when she says, "You know, you're the toughest mess to hit, Franklin." That's that's a line that's taken from the court transcripts that her that her father actually said. My great grandfather on my on my uh, grandmother's side, he said that about the bond runs. They're the toughest mess ever to hit this section, and and right. that was kind of neat to see that travel through the book and then also make it into the film. It's pretty neat. Talk about well, we talk about to, this part with, you know, uh, with for, Ida Bell here. For me, uh, um, um, uh, yeah, it's about the trying to remain, even if we ha we have to change some things, um, but it's uh, maintaining the spirit of the book. So I'm glad you yeah no I felt mean that. But the uh, oh Ida Bell yeah um, yeah she she's uh, we just wanted to to um, uh, Add in a, that a reminder of that connection between yeah. that family and and also Howard that you know is uh, um, he's a little wilder. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. In, and in the still at night in the woods, it's uh, got things got a little little wild, a yeah, little weird. Yeah. yeah. Some of that came up through stories and research that we were doing. Um, I, I can't remember whether that was uh, specifically from the book, but there's certainly that we heard that that's uh, oh, yeah. shining into the fire. Yeah. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, if the proof is high enough, yeah. And, and if you're doing uh, regular white lightning, it would be. This scene also very close to the book, especially these, yes. these early parts. Um, yeah, yeah. And this is the part, this is the scene that I saw when I went, when I visited the set, my dad and I were doing Oh, that's there. right, yeah, 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 yeah. We, I so remember. We, yeah. we saw Tom Hardy do this like 12 times. Uh, yeah. And it, this is when I really, well, I, you know, I, 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 I'd seen Bronson, you know, I, I mean, I was obviously excited about him, but when I saw him do this and just the sort of physicality that he brings to the scene i mean he's he's clearly you know he's an athlete you know he's got some he's got this kind of yeah. combination of speed and power that was it was it was kind of frightening to watch you know up close yeah. it's uh pretty amazing yeah and i and i think the way that you did this part is was i mean that's i wish the goiter was bigger <laughs> i love the fact that you kept it in there and yeah. i like, and i like the way that it's not like you didn't it's not made up deal of it yeah just, it just has it unfortunately a lot of people miss it yeah maybe it's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah but i love that detail yeah. that you had in yeah. in the book on that and i don't know where that uh, came from but but, but i don't well that, that, i mean that's the thing about the country in those times too oh, people just had the yeah yeah yeah, yeah you, just, you, you just, just walked around with stuff like that you know exactly. you, you just had it but i, I like i like the way that he handles 
pulls the the knuckles there and, and the wiping yeah. them off and the hiding and I think you get you see you know in his whole demeanor and his expression that you know he's he's truly kind of embarrassed by this you know he's he didn't want this to happen in front of Maggie and yeah. you know what I mean this is yeah. like well things are you know he, there's this sort of um, unspoken uh, sexual tension between these two um, and uh, and that's uh, yeah that that was again I love the way they couldn't quite express it yeah um, yeah and um, clearly there yeah but um, yeah and then and the way um, and and that uh, that that was from the book as well the cripple boy um, you know that from cricket when uh-huh. he yeah I, I was very fond of that little moment for cricket you know when he gets to jump on to yeah. jump on that guy's legs yeah, yeah. This this is sort of leading up to uh, one of the big surprises of the film. Yeah, uh, yeah. but also in the book. Yeah, and though, though in the say, book that's... it's different. I mean, she's remember in the book she stays. There. That's true. Yes. So I mean, I think yeah. what what you guys wanted to do was signal visually when she goes and then stops, turns around. You know, like there's yeah. a there's a click, there's a moment there where she she makes a yeah. decision just to heighten. Yeah, that, right. That. Right. Moment, um, in, exactly. Yeah, in the book, she stays, and also to in, make him more vulnerable. The fact that there's no one, you know, he's just oh, that alone. he's totally alone. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, and so what what occurs? He he sort of dimly hears in the background. But I think the way that you represent it visually with these two guys is uh, is really well done. And, and this this next scene actually is very 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 close to the book. Uh, you know, the the, the hood ajar. Um, his reaction to it, his you know, he's sort of puzzled by it. That this whole this whole this whole section here, I think, is really well done, and and I and I, I definitely appreciate the way that you you look directly at the the, the hard part, you know, the right. difficult part. And this is one of the things. This is one of the bigger reactions in the <laughs> in the theaters. From well, this. yeah, I mean, it's you know, one of your central characters uh, thinking, oh, oh, his, you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah, um, he, you know. Um, and I, I also, uh, I mean, this was a tough one to film because we, uh, physical effects are always tr- difficult, mm-hmm. and um, and the construction of the scene. But um, we eventually got there. It was uh, uh, physically and quite grueling, as you can kind of see by. Uh, but Tom, the physicality of Tom, what you mentioned before, like in the when he beats up those guys. Um, yeah. Uh, the the just here the way that he handles the idea that his throat trying to grip and hold it together and slowly kind of collapsing down to me is just extraordinary that's why i wanted to just keep it in that one take at the end yeah Um, no it's it's fantastic but i might mention here actually the the music because um one of the things that we wanted to do with this is um uh, this is, is have songs that, um, f- regardless, free ourselves in terms of. Um, I think "Brother, Where Out Thou?" nailed yeah, the right. the kind of local ap- Appalachian traditional standards. And what we wanted to do is just open up the narrative to other possibilities. And um, so we had an eclectic of songs. Um, our uh, uh, music supervisor Dave Sardi uh, threw up this one um, to our drew our attention to this one and like the shape note singers in the church and um, uh, it, it's a granddaddy song a sort of uh, uh, 
country rock band from the 90s. Um, and uh, there's something just about that kind of lyrical quality that you had in the book, mm-hmm. uh, as well as these little outbursts of brutal violence and, and the romances and those juxtapositions, basically, mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. we wanted to also have the songs uh, narratively comment on the you know as as another level to the narrative as as opposed to just a a literal you know storytelling um so aim to the sky this guy as his you know the life is bleeding out of Mm -hmm. him um Mm -hmm. and having emily harris that we deliberately got these uh iconic voices like um ralph stanley and emily harris and uh, willie nelson and Nick and Warren Ellis, who uh, is Nick's music collaborator, did this kind of raw country sound to everything and then got these great country voices to add to it. Right. Um, uh, and I, I was really thrilled with the results of the, the music yeah. in, in relation to the kind of... Um, just a, a different way of t- telling stories. Yeah, the, that Emily song there in particular and the way that merges with that scene I think is you know that's that's precisely what film and music should do together to me that was a it's a really beautiful moment and then we uh, yeah it's um, oh we're back in the hospital in the the hospital we actually we did have we filmed the scene where the the doctor's telling Jack about you know how he walked Walked. through it oh yeah and of course (laughs) We just thought it's better that it just comes from Jack and his clearly Jack here. And this was one of the, this was day one. This is, uh, this is, I always remember my first couple of days shooting, but uh, uh, we jumped in the deep end here and it was, um, that was quite tricky doing scenes like this on day one. Um, But he, uh, I love actually what Shia does here with the kind of, and you know you can already see and hear this dynamic between the three brothers for me is so again it's almost like the beginning of the story where you know one brother's just so in awe of of this uh other brother that does and then of course there's this whole thing though that's now set up between howard and the guilt that he carries which again uh, you know, comes from the book, yeah. the way that he survived the First World War right, and right. he carries, you know, and actually being the eldest, yes, you yeah. think Forrest is the oldest. Right, and, and he's it, the middle brother, right. And that was, that was when I started to think about it, because from the historical record, it's clear that Forrest was the leader. Right. But Howard was the older brother. And so, and, yeah. the, and then we have a couple other small things. For example, you know, Howard uh, shows up like late to this one incident and, and he's yeah. clearly drunk, they say yeah. in the newspaper. Right. And so I started to think, okay, so he's the older brother, but he's yeah, the older brother that shows up late up. and yeah. he shows up drunk. What is What, what happened? What's wrong? And that's really a big thing for uh, those families in those times in terms of, am I right, that the, the hierarchy of oh, the yeah. eldest sure. son, sure. you know, carries... Right. Right, and, and so he, so Howard would feel, you know, somewhat emasculated by that. You know, I mean, yeah. he, that he's been sort of displaced, but he's he's struggling with his own. So, so of course, he he makes up for it with these, you know, terrible displays of, of violence. You know, Howard in, in the book in particular is, uh, yeah, he's a he's a really a force to be reckoned with, and and uh, 
that's that's his way of sort of compensating to some degree. But you know, he's fighting his own demons. It's one of the uh, one of the unfortunate things uh, for the film for me was that Howard didn't get more time, and I've told you that before. I mean, right, you know, I, mean I yeah. think I think he's a amazing character, and obviously, you know, the the film can only be so long. But um, yeah, but but the, but the way his own personal demons that he's struggling with, I think, are pretty fascinating. Uh, I mean, I love ensemble uh, stories and ensemble films for, uh, but it's always that's for me the the killer yeah because there's always the um competing stories yeah, that yeah. you've got to balance and uh the maggie forest relationship on one hand and then you've got jack and bertha on the other which is partly i know there was this whole relationship with uh howard that we yeah. and we just thought three dominant Too many, com- yeah. strands yeah, yeah uh, i mean yeah. We barely, I mean, uh, similar, uh, you know, look, even, f- uh, our, you know, the f- uh, f- uh, Floyd Banner, who we, well, Floyd Carter, um, whichever way you want to, uh, that character, that uh, iconic sort of moonshine gangster guy, um, we, you know, we wanted someone that had that kind of uh, aura and status to play it. And so we had, when we got Gary Oldman, it was one of those things where we uh, felt at the end of the film, it's like, oh, damn, why couldn't we spend more time with him? Right, right. You know, and, uh, yeah. and so it's tricky because when you get such a great cast like this too and these sort of characters, uh, you could almost go, you know, uh, any which way with these guys. You could follow the Floyd Banner story right. and have the brothers in the background. You could follow... Uh, but it, it's true. I mean, Jay, and Jason's. I love this scene too, where he um, he turns on Jack. Um, it's because he, the way he feels Jack looks so hurt by it, um, and, and you can see it. And I think Jason does a good job too. He's sort of trans right there. He's yeah. transmitting like, "Oh, okay, uh, I didn't really want to do that." Do that, yeah. And because he's he's humiliated. You know, he's yeah. embarrassed that he's yeah. letting that he let Forrest down. I mean, and we try to like, even though these guys get deeper and deeper into the violence and stuff that but, but we did try to hang on to that idea that they're also uh, humans in extreme circumstances and we wanted to you know give them that kind of depth um, yeah uh, I think some people have problems will always have problems when you kind of humanize um, violence to that degree you know yeah. it makes it more complex it makes right. it so that you people get very moralistic it's very interesting how Mm. that plays out and traditionally in gangster films you know those gangsters are always punished or the people that cross that line are then even narratively punished um, which lets the audience off the hook and what I loved about your story is that these guys develop you know they've got families and they carry on they're like uh to in one sense they're everyday uh common you know yeah people yeah. in that sense that we can all relate to and yet they've gone through this remarkable journey um but there's i think there's a part of people that think no 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 they should be punished yeah um right right for it no um, do you know what I mean? I the, do the exactly. Moral, you know the yeah. the uh, it, it's fascinating because uh, that is extra heightened in film when you have sure you know uh, actors playing you know the more they kind of human because they step in and humanize and physically 
become right. that. Right. Um, Which is why, you know, w- with a lot of films um, that have, uh, you know, larger-than-life villain characters and villains, you know, heroes and villains, like superhero-type things, and yeah. pe- people can be killed, and, and the villain can kill people, but we know that he's going to get it, and that's yeah. all fine. And it, we, we're, we're very accepting of that kind of violence, but when you when you really humanize it, I think, in this way, and you, you portray, you know, Com- complex individuals living in complicated times um, and they're not bad people they're not evil people they're not you know um, except for Charlie Rakes I guess in this one but uh, you know these, these are they are well, very well I mean you know even uh, with Charlie Rakes what we really talked about is we tried to analyze what makes those guys work and, and there are people that have uh, a kind of they don't have a moral compass in the way that a lot of people have a moral compass they don't right. have empathy for others right. and when and also sometimes they're very self-involved and to the point where other people are uh, not they they don't mean what they do to most people right to, right um, yeah. and I think when you're in that kind of place of narcissism and ego uh, as well as that 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 line can be crossed very easily, right? Um, alarmingly so, you know. And I guess that's also how they can walk away um, without being haunted, in in the sense that, you know, if you have that moral compass, you'd be plagued with guilt. And yeah, 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 because yeah. you're empathising with right. the victim. You're, you know, uh, that you then. So when you remove that equation, and there is no guilt, yeah, then. Yeah you can carry on mm-hmm. although I think in, in some way these things always come out and manifest themselves in other ways whether it's you know bizarre behavior or do you know what okay, I mean okay yeah sure I, I, I don't think anyone gets off no matter how they rationalize it right 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 that's true um, but I don't believe in that uh, yeah the, that kind of what I loved about this story and for Nick and I it was one of the key things is the fact that um, there wasn't uh, the traditional gangster, even Western wrap-up of the hero and the villain. So what you got? Well, sir, we got 100 gallons of quality white lightning, 105... And we, we, we just saw that uh, that bit about NASCAR you mentioned earlier. Oh, yes. Course. And that's yeah. something that you guys did. Well, that, that's not in the book, the, the, the actual pouring of the moonshine into the tank. That's something yes. you guys came up with, which is... Which is something that you can do apparently, yes. but but yeah. it's not a good idea for your engine. I, I, no. in my understanding, it'll, it'll, no. you could burn it. But after this run, they they didn't uh, utilize that truck anymore. That was our right. rationalized because they just had to get yeah, there. Right. So then they they get the money, and now they, they get, get the money. And, and yeah. Jack gets his. Uh, Whereas this is straight from the book. Yeah, it, yeah, it um, is. Except for the uh, well. Oh, the, maybe I forgot. No, there's the the shovel part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, oh that's, yes, that's Nick Cave. <laughs> no, no, no. But up to the the yeah. gravestone. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, there's a uh, this this moment where he. Um, although in the book, the, the, we, the, the, they didn't dig him a hole. There's no hole. Oh, the, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah. shit! This is nothing to do with the book. No, it has. No, it, it does. He does. He, they do meet here, and they do. They do feel. See, I blur threatened. Off, uh, my memory. I'm, I'm starting to no, blur they, the lines. They do get threatened, and he does. And Jack does have that line where he says, oh, that's you know, right, "I'm Jack yeah. Bonner from from Blackwater that's Station." Right. Yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. a pause, and he's like, "Well, why didn't you say so?" You know. And so it's it's very close. Basically, this is just you know you yeah. sort of ratcheted the stakes up a little bit here. Like they're, sure. they're about to be executed in their own grave. And, yes. Uh, yeah, that's quite a yeah. big difference. Gummy Walsh, I love the. He's a the, <laughs> quite yeah. a character. That guy. Yeah. He's got a so, great look. Uh, yeah. 
Um, he's an old friend um, that uh, I worked with uh, when he was 12 years old. Oh, really? Wow. I've known Noah. Um, yeah. We actually shot one of the reasons we... This was my first digital film, and I'm very sensitive about digital... Um, I learned a lot. It was the... Um, but we shot it because there were so many night scenes in the countryside, and yeah. we thought... Um, and we were really squeezed. Um, and... Uh, um, oh, there's this... I love uh, man, Gary Oldman. Um, and sh Gary was... I must say, uh, get both Gary and Guy were incredibly impressed by Shia. They're, I know he gets... Shia gets a hard time. Um but he, you know, the subtle smile, the, um, you know, they 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 uh, loved working with him. But this, yeah. anyway, sorry, uh, getting back to digital, we shot it to just out of kind of weighing up the the pragmatic logistical side. I didn't want a feeling of digital though, because for me, it's about being transported to you know the world that you're creating and this is a time pre-digital time and i think digital uh but i've learned a lot i think basically digital uh flatten the problem is you see too much it flattens out the image um and uh uh however there's with the alexa it's the first digital camera for me that had a um very nuanced color that i and i spoke to other DPs like uh, Roger Deakins and Harris Savides and and Benoit had been working with digital uh, uh, as well and uh, yeah the colors and shooting at night were its great strength the weaknesses um, uh, I wish I used different lenses now in retrospect um, to soften the image more um, I did add some things, and when we actually play this, uh, the ultimate, this was meant for cinema, and I make all my mo movies that way. But we went to um, we went to celluloid, and I don't know if you've seen a projected thirty-five mil print yet, but that is a huge difference oh, really? because it gives it a richness and a depth because there that flatness yeah. gives it a. a Oh, there's a bit of... <laughs> <laughs> That's Nick Gary. Cave right there. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very Nick scene, yeah. actually. I, I, th I thought it worked great the way he... The blood feud, that, that, yeah. that little bit right there, which, yeah. is, which is Nick Cave. That's, that's yeah. really well done. Yeah, he tried to, you know, take that kind of way of speaking and the, the ideas and, and was aping your dialogue, which he used in... Uh, liberally in big <laughs> yeah. chunks. Yeah, he um, did. And it's funny, he used some dialogue in, 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 in the mouths places. of different people yeah. in different places. And so yeah, yeah. I'll hear a line pop up and I'm like, oh, that's a, yeah. that's a little dialogue from someplace else. But uh, yeah, I mean, even the colors, even in this sort of scene, I was uh, very happy, like what digital can bring. But there, the light on the porch over there is one example of where um you know uh occasionally for me it, it's too the difference between the highlights and the lowlights is still uh further apart on digital and film 
they're not. So a lot of perceptions changing. People, young people, can't even tell the difference. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you I noticed. I, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I, but let's see, I knew that it was on digital at the right. very beginning. Oh, because you visited said yeah, as well. And I think, well. You, yeah, I think yeah. somebody told me or maybe, maybe yeah. you mentioned it, but I, so I was kind of aware of it. No, I mean, I... I don't know. I mean, I think if I'd have to, I'd have to look at some comparisons. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the, the the neck here, the way that the way you have that depicted. Well, that actually came from, believe it or not, medical photos. Yeah, uh, grim as they were. Yeah. The make, you know, again, when it comes to makeup, um, and and wardrobe and hair, uh, I love to refer to photography as Margot does with. Um, you know, with her own research when she does the wardrobe. But, um, yeah, it's, um, of course, that's, this is a big moment with... Uh, um, Jack asserting himself, basically, and yeah, getting, getting a, you know, sort of comeuppance here, basically. And for, this is like one of the few moments where Forrest is... You know, Rattled. Slight, yeah, he's a, little, he's a little embarrassed, but, you know, and he's trying to figure out how do I respond to that. He doesn't want to, yeah. you know, and... Uh, yeah, we try to um, get that whole rural thing and the what, the, the baby deer. Here. Yeah, what's the, what are the, what's well, that was just again just in terms of uh, the animal and the wildlife, uh, and also just uh, um, an image that actually I came across a photograph on that, and yeah. uh, Nick loved it in terms of uh, yeah. It totally works. It yeah. totally works. I, I think that the way that uh, Mia plays the scene is just terribly charming. I think it's yeah. wonderful the way that. She, and this is all, this is all lines directly from the book. <laughs> you know, this yeah. Is, uh, yeah. yeah the, 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 in the book, this scene takes place on the side of the road, but it's everything else about it is pretty much exactly. And I'm I'm really happy about that. And I, I love the way that. Uh, that well, she does this yeah, here this too. this relationship. I guess even more. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, again, that we try to. Um, it was, uh, I mean, as Nick said, it was just all there on, on the page in the book. Um, so it was uh, it was great. There's, again, a, a sort of, you know, some of those night scenes. You, If that was shot on film, you wouldn't be able to see the woods like you do here. Oh, really, yeah. Um, that low-level light stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yet I do wish, uh, yeah, I would have done some things differently. But yeah, I've got to get <laughs> over that. Um, it's a learning curve um having you know look uh jessica was just uh incredible um she brought a like me a, a whole different energy to the the set it was very she told a, a great story that and, and it's true absolutely true when mia arrived she w- went burst into her trailer saying it's a girl <laughs> and hugged her yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a Nick Cave thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Well, I mean, I get it, but I, I, yeah. re- I remember when I saw that in the script, I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah, this is this is played out rather differently in in, in the book. In that, uh, in the book, Jack is wait, is in the car, and he's right. yeah, and he can't he can't seem to go in. Yes, and, and, in and this, the difference is it, here is trying to trying to uh, be one of them, but again, right. just gets brushed off. And this is a moment where you are looking more directly at this than I do in the book. In the book, they go up the stairs, and it's all off 
camera, so Correct. to speak, you know, and Correct. he just comes yeah. out with the bag. But but here, bag, when, when that yeah. door opens and you can see, and you have that, you actually see the guy who's uh, sort of tied up and and the, and the blood all over the wall and the bloody razor. Um, that's it's this is the one. This is the one that that gives my relatives fits. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, it's it's the most, uh, you know, it's the hardest part to sort of watch and there's another hard bit of uh, why she's sitting on the newspaper I, I love that I love yeah. I, I love uh, this is all Nick Cave yeah. and, and I love the fact that she's just sitting there and that she's sitting on the newspaper and she's sort of crying quietly yeah. and you have there's a whole variety of things that could have happened yeah. you know what I mean it that could, even Nick and I didn't want to know right right it could have been something terrible or it could have been something you know who knows the, a wide array of possibilities and I think that's that's yeah. that's good stuff right there. Well, the that story, which I believe uh, again comes from uh, fact that uh, that uh, that these uh, oh, the testicles, testicles delivered, yeah, a, that happened, yeah, in a jar of uh, moonshine, um, and then and that kind of uh, was what part of the whole sort of unraveling of what really went on. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was something that was um, in the in the in the true story that the testicles were delivered. In the, to the hospital to the man whose testicles they were <laughs> you know so they, they delivered his own testicles to him um, and uh, yeah and it was something yeah. that, that the newspapers and things picked up on and it was part of the sort of uh, yeah the coming of, of the of the trial in 1935 it was one of the things that was brought up and there the way are. you guys did it here the delivering it to rakes uh, and I can't believe you actually showed that little bit there on the floor <laughs> um, that's uh, that's pretty horrifying uh, but I thought that and was kind of a bit of black humor there too. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's wrapped a, in wrapped in the pink of... bow. People, uh, the the uh, people love that this sort of wrapped yeah. up pink uh, stuff. Yeah. it's pretty funny. And we had to, you know, again because of the limits of time, we also there was yeah, that this great moment in the book where they talk about the dust yeah. that's rolled in from right. all the way from uh, the middle of the country to Virginia. So we wanted to reference certain things, like you know, also that whole thing of the American dream, yeah, at that height, of the depression, the great, the great depression, depression, yeah, you know, um, plus the uh, the other thing that, um, uh, well, there's the whole crackdown, you know, on, and corruption uh, plot here, but we had. Um, we the I came. This is the NAR and NASCAR thing. Yeah, really, right. sort of trying to make direct, almost direct reference to yeah. it. Um, yeah. But they did. You know, again, your uh, the the your relatives there did start to Jack. You know, saw a bigger picture of you know. Well, let's try running the stuff, blockading. Right. right. And uh, and they had to outrun the law and came across some pretty scary things. We did try the head on the road. Um, I remember that, yeah. But uh, that didn't quite work logistically. We, yeah. um, I came the tar and feathering. Yeah, that's 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 you guys. That, that's, that's us. Not, yeah. <laughs> um, this is, uh, well, Maggie and uh, things are developing. This there. is straight out of the book. Yeah, straight uh, out. They're, of the they're book. kind of quiet. Uh, they're, they're watching Constance. each other for a long time, and a long I like time. I like the yeah. way that's done here. And then, of course, they were building the stills, yeah. um, which uh, gives gives everybody gives Shy a chance to show off his guns here. Yeah, look at the the, the, the arms on that kid. Yeah, be beefed up for this thing. Yeah, the beef. Yeah. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice little montage, and, and and this 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 scene here gets a lot of a lot of laughs in the 
in the uh, in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he's got a burning stick in his hand. <laughs> like, why does he have a burning Fire stick? Fire and brimstone. <laughs> That's great. And the chicken is great too. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just wanted to sort of add to the whole kind of craziness of it all yeah. um, from those times and be authentic, you know, to the. And this is one thing that was, you know, a form of punishment that um, was uh, prevailed across that area in those times. So uh, we thought, and it's again a, a different. I haven't seen that in a film. Um, I'm always trying to find new, new things. Um, so poor old, uh, it's a bit of a torrent feathering there. Yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty horrifying. And the way that he shows up later is, or that, that's is that that's that's a different. Is it a different yes. person? No, 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 no. That is him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really quite haunting. Haunting. Yeah, because yeah. he's still alive. Well, I again, these were straight photos that we you know uh, took from the research of somebody feathered, tarred, tarred and feathered. Wow. Um, so that was like literally. Um, very and this is uh, this is uh, uh, one of my uh, I love this from the book the way they kept looking at each other and yeah and uh, because of um, you know like so many males um, <laughs> the uh, he can't quite you know express his emotions and and just uh, and and it really takes um, Maggie, in this case, to to make the first move. Yeah. Really, he, he has no he has no way of um, expressing anything like emotional uh, connection, or he, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't really even know how to act around women at all. Um, yeah, and so yeah, she takes matters into her own hands here. And this is a, another thing, actually, that uh, that uh, all the snake song we uh, you know. Towns Van Sand, I thought that was lyrically it was so apt for mm. uh, Forrest and Maggie you know this uh, uh, love song about a snake mm. um, from the point of view of a snake um, but the the also the uh, actually the what you can we can't see right now but it's at uh, the low light of yeah. the digital uh, made it quite magical and again the matter of fact way this was from the book I wanted to you know the way that she just stands in the doorway naked mm -hmm. fully naked mm -hmm. I thought was so wonderful um, and kind of honest mm -hmm. so that's why we filmed it like that right she's, she's a straightforward gal I mean and, she, you know, and again the humor of that too um, yeah, but oh. Tom. Yeah, Tom gets yeah. gets a laugh out of this. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. In this, in the in the book, it's not. There's no. There's no laughs at all. At least I hope not. I don't know. I wasn't. But uh, right. yeah. But the way the way that Tom does this here, it's uh, it's. I think it it adds a little charm to the to the character for us. You know. It, yeah. But uh, well, I was very keen that 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 brings up something tonally. I was quite keen to to uh, and that I found that in the book the, the moments of relate. Uh, the sort of like the church scene with the romance, the unusual and kind of humor, this guy being drunk in the middle of a traditional mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. church scene. There's sort of moments of humor and levity that, and, and the gentleness of that first love and the, these, the kind of way that t these two damaged people came together. The tonal uh, uh, variation, I was quite keen to... Um, to have that in yeah. the film where there is the yeah. sort of uh, moments of you know humor and warmth and 
you know, because um, there is quite a bit of harshness like this. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is uh, this is horrifying because because at first you think he's you think he's dead, which is one yeah. thing, but the fact that he's still alive was makes it all the more chilling. You know, like well, what do you what do you do now? Yeah, uh, with this, uh, and I thought the way that that is portrayed, you know, he starts to move, and it was a form of public punishment yeah. too. They yeah. often would put signs, you know. Uh, uh, that's where that idea came from, you know, where he's leaving a message, yeah, right. and uh, the bootlegger, and this is back to uh, the the, you know. So again, we wanted to play with those contrasts between the 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 uh, the, you know, the the sort of violence of that world at that time, and the uh, and also the shameful um i mean sorry shameless uh ambition and kind of jack reminds me of the classic american dream you know of wanting to get ahead and mm-hmm. you know get the car get the girl get the clothes and uh and uh yet there's a naivety in that um at which i love uh, the way bertha undoes this um just you know with things like the with the price tag, yeah, price on the tag, collar. and uh, yeah, yeah, and his his va- you know his vanity, and uh, and the way that she you know punctures that uh, on a couple occasions, I think is is sort of makes it makes their their interaction sort of more charming. It uh, this song too um, was a uh, uh, an original Nick Cave song is. Sorry, is yes. an original, yeah. and uh, that Emmy Lou Harris sings beautifully, um, which uh, are, we all loved um, as an expression of. I, I think when you have a someone you know write uh, at the which is at the beginning with the screenplay, it's the very first thing, but then when you have them involved, um, that was a lucky moment. Those horses just. One of the oh, really? Lucky, just happened to be yeah, there? Yeah, just happened to be oh, there cool. that we, yeah. we grabbed on the run. Um, but anyway, yes, that... that uh, and then ending with the music, because the music sort of comes last in terms of putting sound and music to the yeah. film is the last step. So it was a nice... Uh, the way the kind of... Um, uh, cohesion that added was really nice. Yeah, um, yeah. The kudzu, yeah, the kudzu field, field. interesting, which I, is all over the place, all over the place in that part. Of, you know, but but I, I, it was I, I the the way that I ran this was uh, more out in the woods in the hills, yeah. and you guys found this really cool field that you wanted to use. Yeah, well, we had to hide the still in some yeah, way that was yeah. like visually, yeah. you know, in the woods. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that was yeah. the ch- uh, so actually uh, Chris Kennedy had that idea, my production designer, which was really great we thought of it's more of a uh, a way of in nature where do you hide these things and they were so inventive you know sometimes it was down disused mining shafts yeah. um, you know <laughs> yeah. all over the place right, right. Um, but uh, we couldn't also it was written with up there's the terrain was like in the woods but you had it like there was this giant cliff yeah. and and we didn't have that terrain right, right. so um because we were shooting in georgia which is uh, f- tax f- rebate reasons <laughs> um but also it had a, a it was the right seasonal we wanted seasonal change and yeah uh, yeah 
there's this beautiful uh, again this scene from the uh, that we loved the way that she um, wears this uh, yellow dress into the you know he takes her he does exactly what you shouldn't do right right, um, right. and it's like a target it's like a yeah. beacon basically that guides the uh, rakes and everybody to where they are I, I thought this was really well done though the way that Shia plays this uh, I think is is really solid and uh, his his expressions through this whole section and hers um, I totally bought this I, I thought yeah. I thought the way that they were sort of um, getting closer and becoming more enamored with each other and I thought I really I really believed this whole bit um, well it's funny how the, there's almost there's and this often happens we have so little time um, this I had less time to make this film than any other film I've made um, <laughs> and and yet it was bigger um, in scope and the logistics of it were, were bigger than anything I've done. So so the cast were amazing in that way that they all kind of rallied together and um, like this whole bit with Jason was shot in um, half an hour, you know, mm-hmm. um, the whole uh, howling bit and him spotting them and all that. Um, so we were really kind of steaming ahead at a, a, a ridiculous speed and um, uh, that gets to um, yeah it, it, they all they brought forward great sort of things and, and they start to mirror though weirdly offset some of the relationships <laughs> really? because there's this intensity there Yeah. so uh, you know when Mia first arrived Shia was uh, um, so engrossed and embedded in the, the realism of his character that he you know went courting her and tried to you know bring her up to speed not in the literal sense but he uh, he came you know he's very enthused his enthusiasm actually even scared her Um <laughs> So she was very kind of, you know, a bit hesitant and nervous about the whole thing. And gradually they got more and more uh, settled and and okay with each other. Uh, This is so it was kind of interesting. And even Shia, there was tension between Shia and Tom, like because, you know, uh, Shia was like uh, idolized Tom and, and saw him in Bronson. And and there was this kind of competitive, weird thing that these things start to kind of echo and play out and right. it, it happens a lot on films you know um it, it's anyway yeah it's sort of behind the scenes thing yeah. that uh, mirrors the on scene um not in a you know in some ways not literally um no one was uh thankfully um uh bl- killing each other or shooting each other <laughs> <laughs> This uh, the, the, we're jumping into <laughs> so, uh, this, this this scene here with the uh, with the stills I thought was um, really 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 excellent the the uh, the, the w- oh I mean, no, I mean, right, with, with, with the two of them but also the, uh, the, the, the just the construction of those stills the way you guys clearly had uh, some you had oh. some experts come in and put these things together because those things yes. look really yeah. really authentic it's a well done yeah I mean again Chris really does his research on that sort of stuff uh, we share that kind of thing um, and, and, and this howling bit by, <laughs> by, by Howard this is pretty strange this is pretty weird like it's not but what that, I was expecting but isn't that it was described in the book as this kind of strange, like strange. That's true. That's true. But, but 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 the way he does it is just weird. 
<laughs> it's like it's, it's like he's trying to howl at the moon or something. But the, um, yeah, yeah. But I and, and also I, I you know in in the book it's it, it's 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 nighttime or it's nearing it's getting true. dark yeah. it's getting dark and so Howard when he comes after these guys yeah he's coming through the woods More. and you kind of show that right here yeah when he's making the noise and everybody's like right there I love this part they're like where's he coming from. Yeah, we had actually we originally had this written scripted at night and it was because of all the action involved logistically it meant too many night shoots. Yeah. Um so there's always this kind of uh trade-off and balance and then um because you're you've got the so many things happening. Um so we tried to use sound and and the geography to tell the scene. Yeah. In that way. We're staying, all staying nearby in, um, uh, there's a town, Noonan, uh, one of the few towns that Sherman uh, didn't burn to the ground during his march in the Civil War and all the buildings remained. Um, it, but we were all staying in a local place and uh, took over actually an old school um, for the rehearsals and we blocked some of these scenes with the, you know, we had a, a fantastic uh, stunt guy that um, really helped as well uh, in terms of ge- you know, cord- uh, choreographing the violence yeah. you know like how do you do it and it's also location contingent as well um, but uh, Nick when we had this great rehearsal period with just the cast and it's a time where you can talk about things without the pressure of you know when you're on location sh- actually shooting there's a lot of pressure um, of other logistical stuff um, but uh, in the rehearsals, Nick would show up in his three-piece suit in this remote country um, town every single day with all his jewellery, looking um, like every bit the rock star. And he had a briefcase with his thesaurus in it. And out would, uh, you know, these all these actors would roll up in their, you know, sweatshirts and T-shirts and you know, track suits and looking like, <laughs> like, uh, so it was quite a, uh, uh, quite a time, uh, very special. We all, I mean, it all, you know, it, it actually, we, uh, it was intense, but we were like a family in the end. It was actually really, uh, very rewarding, even though it was so hard logistically. Um, uh, we love blowing up the still, though. Thank God you wrote that. Yeah. Well, they did that every... How many times? There was something like 200 uh, busts in one year of, yeah. of where they blew up stills. Well, they would... Uh, although they the, the the explosion you've got here is pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah, it was big. We didn't, a lot none of, of us expected to. Oh, really? There's a lot of f- flame in the... That's a, that's a huge amount of yeah. fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, although we imagine, though, the the uh, the uh, yeah right the effects of the, the, the yeah if, if, is that right? How much alcohol. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, but like you were showing, they they often they would cut they would cut them up and let it drain. Ah, yes. You know, drain out. But you ah, know, right. But so there would be enough. There, there would be you know some fire. Um, I I think maybe this is what I imagine, but I think you also mentioned there's a lot of detail that I I pulled out. Uh, f- um, of the shrapnel flying through exactly yeah yeah that yeah that was something and and you and did that and yeah I, li- I like the way you have this you could see this debris coming through the trees and yeah 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 I actually that that was directly from those kinds of details right um, now crickets uh, poor old demise there was uh, yeah this slightly is, different yeah this is dramatized you know directly and visually whereas in the book. Um, they find him on the side of a creek bed with his mouth stuffed full of clay, which was a way that people would send a message to other people in those days, too, if you killed somebody that way. Um, but, to but keep quiet. To keep quiet, yeah. yeah. And it was, um, but, it, but and we don't, in the book, we don't really know that it's Charlie Rakes necessarily, you know, directly involved, but, you know, they, they, we sort of assume it's it's him and his people or something. But yeah, here, because it was all to do with that kind of, the you know, the uh, corruption of the... the uh, yeah, and it was still uh, to get, it was still to get at the Bondurants, you know. Exactly. And yeah. so here you have, you know, Rakes very directly, and, you know, it, it, Cricket's role in the film is actually quite a bit bigger than the book. I mean, you guys brought him up as a real incentive um, you know, his death is a is a huge catalyst for the film, whereas in the yeah. book it's not quite as much. Well, and I love the way there was this sort of extended family. You know, I loved the way that uh, these brothers, you know, when they lost so much of their family, they depended on each other so closely. And Cricket was part of that family, right. which yeah. I did pick up in the right. book. And then we took, we sort of ran with that a bit. And Shia and Dane Dehane uh, is just incredible. Um, but he, they did a whole road trip from LA to to and took their time to sort of bond. And yeah. I mean, Shia, um, you know, they the his reference the drinking of moonshine and stuff, but I actually was quite strict about that when, you know, he did drunk scenes. Um what I allowed is is uh he'd take a swig to get the taste and yeah. the sensation. Yeah. Um because often different actors work in different ways. They need to you know, Jason had leg weights on him, you know, to get that kind of solid, heavy feeling. But um, yeah, this is this is uh, this was an intense scene. Um, you know, uh, actually, we could barely stop uh, Shire from crying. He was so uh, distraught. You know, yeah. it all came up. Mm-hmm. And and I love Jason in this scene. Actually, everyone is. You know, there's this great look at the end of the scene between uh, Jason and Tom that I. Um, that just happened spontaneously that we caught. Um, I, I also think the way um, that you did, because this scene is not in the book, but the yeah. way that you have um, Forrest standing at the bar here and you know Jack is grieving. And, and he no, doesn't go to none him. Of the, yeah. yeah, neither of the brothers come to him. And there's a great look from Jessica Chastain when she looks back at, yeah. at, at him, like as if to say, aren't you going to yeah. do something? And they, yeah. do, and they don't. You know, and yeah, I, I that, love that. I think that look. Yeah. yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a good moment. I mean, you know, Forrest is basically saying, you know, you got to deal with this. You know, yeah, you, it's, you exactly. Know, this is, it's, and you know, I think, I think, I think Shy's emotive uh, 
uh, abilities throughout the film uh, are were very impressive to me. I thought he, uh, right there, I like that. Yeah. yeah, he's back turned and just nothing. Yeah, well, again, it's that sort of inability to to really kind of um, uh, there uh, the the kind of emotional responses that you would think uh, are kind of different. There was quite a, and also there's this thing between these two guys, which is like, okay, this has gone to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like an understanding, like an and also. There. There, you're right. Uh, there, there's even an, a look that we had to pull back because it was just too overwhelming. But from Tom, of being really uh, pissed off, like it, you know, look what you've done, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. to Jack. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of tough love, that tough love thing. Um, yeah. Which, um, yeah. Um, oh, and Ralph Stanley. Um, uh, we have uh, this. Uh, we actually tried to get him to, by the way, uh, sing uh, on, you know, to the stuff that Nick had recorded. But he was so horrified by what Nick had recorded that he he refused to. And it was like chalk and cheese. These guys. Um, there was a session that I wish I had documented of Warren Ellis and Nick Cave in the studio with uh, uh, Ralph on Skype um trying to convince him to you know oh, yeah. do it to the Nick music told me about this, yeah. yeah and and uh you know the timing the key it yeah. was all in a different he you know he and Ralph Stanley's I, guy was like I, he, yeah. he said I, he doesn't do C or whatever it yeah. was right yeah yeah he doesn't do C <laughs> Ralph don't do C he and doesn't do it <laughs> Ralph don't do 4/4 four, four. and right. so it was that kind of um thing and yet then Ralph did these in fantastic kind of um, uh, acapella yeah. things that were very haunting and, and moving I found um, but this uh, yeah and they, these are sort of like kind of you know finding where everyone's at emotionally before it all kicks off and I remember I mean there's slightly different circumstances in the book the this is where history also you have to distill in two hours the you know because rake's demise actually happened after this right. showdown right at the bridge but yet we couldn't have a series of com- uh sorry a series of climaxes we had to try and compress it into compress one. it yeah 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 i think this this is one of my favorite um performance moments with Shia and he, the way that he handles this kind of rage mm-hmm. that's brewing um, and uh, Bill Camp, another uh, extraordinary actor from New York um, couldn't be more different from this you know, he's a, a New York um, actor, uh, theatre does a lot of theatre. That guy's from New York? Yeah. I mean, that, wow, he's good, he's yeah, really yeah. good I, I think his... Uh, his accent and his just general demeanor and everything was really well done. I yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. No, he he's, he's an impressive. On. Francine Maisler, our casting director, uh, uh, found him, and um, she's she's incredible. Um, has an incredible eye, um, and uh, also brought uh, to my attention Dane Dehane, who plays cricket. You know, so there, there's. Um, 
And with Jessica, a lot of these actors actually hadn't, uh, you know, like Jessica had five films that had none of them had come out. Um, so I cast her um, after a long conversation with Malik and uh, also um, Benoit, um, who shot this, uh, did her first film with Pacino. And so he had some real insight. And I saw some of her film uh, in the edit room of the debt. Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, when I met her, I knew she was right. And Tom was emerging, uh, you know, uh, rapidly emerging. Right. Um, Jason, I thought, um, I, coincidentally, actually, uh, I found out later that Jason actually came from, uh, was raised in a very remote, tiny outback town in the middle of Australia called Winton, where we shot the entire proposition yeah that's which was story. amazing yeah. um all these sort of strange connections um and jason's got a bunch of films coming out too he's going to be in the he's in the in the um greg gatsby. greg gatsby well and and catherine uh bingelow's new film and all sorts yeah they're yeah. all they've all been since doing this they've 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 uh they've really just gone uh, being very prolific, right? It's a lot of a uh, you know. There's a nice contrast with these really emerging, and then you have like Gary Oldman, and then you have Guy Pierce. You know, like two well-established, well-known. Yeah. Um, and Guy, I've worked with. Uh, I mean, I want to work with forever. Is such a pleasure. I love the such bit in the road master. at the end of the road when he shows uh, up. I was yeah. I was totally blown away by that. No, I the Guy yeah. Pierce is one of my. I mean, ever since I saw Priscilla Queen in the Desert, I was like. Wow, this guy's yeah, he's he's amazing. And Tom's a very transformative actor as well, like in terms of like really transforming yeah. into uh, yeah. something else. And Jessica's what I love about Jessica is the kind of um, real emotion. Yeah, like she's so present and raw and real. I'll never forget with this scene. It was you know a big emotional scene for yeah. her, and um, and. Uh, we got it in just a few takes, and she was uh, she was like a little kid. She was so thrilled because she yeah. it was very laid on, and she was it was such a big scene for her, and she was actually very anxious about it. So um, it's very well done. I mean, she has a there's a frailty to her like here. She's you can tell she's a she's very you know you can see vulnerable, sort of vulnerable, yeah. and then yeah. and then the way she sort of steals herself here for a second, and then opens her eyes and looks at him. Like this moment right there, it's yeah. really well done, and and I love the look at the look of consternation in his yeah. face. Yeah. Uh, it's really, and the, you know, in these lines, I love the scene of course because these are the lines I wrote. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the way they did this, this was this probably of all. I know, I know, I've said lots of scenes, but this is probably my favorite one because not only is it, it's 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 one of the scenes that kind of e even eclipses the way that I imagined it in the book. It's like it. This is better than than i thought it could be and i, I oh, really love i really love that scene i think that what she, it's really jessica it's it's so much of her right there i mean i, I yeah i'm bl blown away by that and i love tom's uh, response when she pops the bubble you know suddenly uh the myth is uh, you know, yeah his, uh, I thought I walked. Yeah, yeah, and that, uh, that gets a laugh. A huge reaction. It's a, that, yeah. That's a really interesting moment about this this film, and there's several scenes like that where you go from this moment of humor, and then within 30 seconds, yeah. it just dives right back into this very tragic realization about what happened to her, you know, and all that. And I thought that was really nicely done. Yeah, well, I, I try to 
get that variation of of uh, tone uh, and even in the colors and visually um, I think it was a bit of a shock for some people because after the proposition in the road they were expecting tonally a much more uh, dry um, kind of uh, one not one note but, but a consistent consistent right right and less uh variation right 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 and uh i'm i'm always trying to try uh to stretch myself in different ways and this is um uh i was quite happy with this kind of uh these shifts that yeah. were quite sudden and this this book was uh, uh the book scene of this climax uh, was uh, they were carrying the moonshine but the the essential thing of the way that Rakes just unexpectedly yeah. just starts shooting them right, all right, down right, was right. for me mind blowing actually mm-hmm. uh, in the way that it was just so he just snaps yeah. doesn't he yeah um, that's what, it that, seemed, that's what the record seems and, to suggest. And I remember reading, yeah, not just the book, but you had the newspaper articles, and yeah, and uh, well, clearly that there was a history between them. You know, I mean, like, clearly there was an animosity and something. But that's one of the things I tried to account for in the book was like, okay, how did they come to this point where this guy really wanted to kill them? You know? Yeah, and that's so that's what the story leading up to this really is about yeah. is to to explain this incident. You know? I mean, this was you know, this is. Uh, an action climax that was actually really hard to orchestrate because we only had three and a half days to shoot it um which and that close-up there of snapping the gun we uh uh great my uh dylan titchener uh, who's cut the film uh who was fantastic helped um orchestrate with me a uh an extra one day of shooting all these detailed close-ups even that one where he yeah. shoots them in that we did it um because we had no close-ups oh, yeah. so uh there were just little punctuations that we had to try and get that um because that we were so pushed we were, we were caught in rain we had the uh effects of gunshots going off not working and it was just it was really painful and these guys had to turn on this huge performance in a matter of you know minutes and uh uh, quite often it was one or two takes on everything um so they had to like hit it right yeah (laughs) so the pressure was enormous on this this was the biggest strain my dp was so fatigued when we were orchestrating this that he fell asleep standing up with the oh my gosh um you know we were we were pushed to the the limit um and this gets a big reaction of course um um, yeah yeah the audience usually cheers at that point when he gets his uh there's there's a you have a few quite a few differences from the from the book of course here and particularly the the the, the townspeople the way that Nick oh, yes. brought them in and I think it works really well to sort of again that difference and that they were supported by the town people in this community and that Rakes is the outsider I like I like this bit when when Force gets up and he's walking and when uh, when yeah. Rakes sees him. Um, you know, it's, it, like, it's like, yeah. oh my God, he's yeah. But but then yeah, the, but then it, you know, in the historical record, uh, Forrest was only shot once, by the way. Oh. And then this part, when I thought this the first time, I was like, what are you? Are you guys gonna kill him off here? Because he just takes a, uh, a, gets a, a, a whole bunch more bullets going on here. 
Yeah, he shot a couple of times. <laughs> he shot a couple of times. Yeah. But he was, uh, I mean, you know, one thing that also struck me, I mean, a, an entire load of timber went on him. And how many right. bones did he break? Oh, uh, we, we don't know for sure, but he was in a full body cast for like three months. So, I mean, it was yeah. significantly most of, his, most of his bones, basically. So, yeah, he lived through... Uh, some some significant things, but um. and I um, that actually also and and because I really kind of researched this whole era too, and the, you know people like Legs Diamond who were you know yeah. shot at eight times and survived. survived right, and right. So it's it, it's kind of they were man those it was uh, extreme and tough times, but we did yeah we brought in the locals too again because of that whole uh, compression of time the way that the community sort of. When, when the brothers, you know, uh, got to Rakes or Rakes finally, there's no hard evidence on that, but we know Rakes was taken care of yeah. Um, yeah. in a way. And yet... It's very suspicious. Yeah. Very suspicious. And yet the community kind of went, okay, we'll draw a line under that. Yeah. Nobody came forward about it, or that's for sure. This is a key moment for me, the way that uh, Shia, uh, and I love the way he looks actually a bit like not at ease here. Right, right. You know? he's, he's shot, well, that's the first time he fires a yeah, gun, and, yeah. it's, and it's the first time he shoots anybody, of course. Exactly, and look at him. He's, he's, he's shocked, not, yeah. He's shocked. Yeah. He's not like, you know, uh, he hasn't got this rush of... Not like know, he thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, it's not... He even backs off a bit. Howard, of course... Uh, is more efficient there. Um, did, did you did you direct him to do this, or is this his own thing? This little panting, uh, or did he just do that? No, no, no. This was well. He knew that this was his moment where the life literally leaves his body. Yeah. Um, that, so that yeah. weird little panting. It's almost like an animal. I, I like yeah. that. It's unusual. Well, yeah, and and I mean, he's obviously in a different state. He knows now. You know. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. And it does become all instincts and and animal like yeah. when it's at that point. Right. You know, your uh, special deputy rakes is the last thing on his mind uh, at that point. Right, right. Um, and this, oh, that was me, by the way. Uh, we didn't have uh, 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 Howard in this shot. Um, I don't know if you noticed just before he walks off. Yeah, the silhouette first. of him there, yeah. So we had to, I, I had to, uh, in the edit room, the boys mocked up some stuff and I wore his outfit and walked through there walked through there <laughs> and this epilogue this is again the love stories and this epilogue were uh, and the way that Forrest survived so many times uh, was for us uh, the key you know huge reasons for why we love the story so much mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the thing that just getting back to that whole moral thing, this thing of um, it's that's a nice visual. Oh yeah, clue there and too. how that's time, good. you that's know, good. time changes, and how yeah. something that was illegal, you know, and the the business now, the demand for illegal liquor is no longer there at the same level, mm-hmm. you know. So they've moved on. They've you know got uh, they they've actually gone into other businesses. Um, and and there was something about this idea of um, uh, yeah, the not being, you know, the actual happy gathering, uh, as opposed to um, 
being, you know, all shot down and remaining, you know, dead on the bridge, which is traditionally how this kind of film would normally end. Um, we actually thought was great. He's like that, And yet, it's leading to the other thing that was extra special for us, which was um, the probably uh, the, I don't know if you know this, but Nick and I, our single favorite thing, which is the way that Forrest um, slips in the uh, the water and uh, and then finally uh, goes in a in a way that uh, you know uh, most uh, these sort of guys you think would never mm-hmm. go that way mm-hmm. uh, that twist of fate mm-hmm. the fact that the no iron, one irony of it it's, and the irony yeah. yeah the irony but also i think for what it, you know in terms of it plays into that whole myth puncturing the myth yeah right and also the fact that um no one is uh immortal right, you know right. um even if they survive the most extraordinary things um but i kind of even saw it and tell me if you think i'm crazy here but um almost like the story of america and the way that you know, America has, uh, f- and nations are like this, that like the way individuals sometimes feel, y- you know, immortal, and then they learn a lesson of, oh shit, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I kind of think America's gone through that as well. Like it's built itself as a nation. It has felt invincible. That's kind of its mark on the world. And yet in recent years, I think it's had a few shakeups where right. it's like, oh shit, actually maybe we're not invincible right right right. Uh, that that's it's a subtle thing um but um it's uh of course there were some debates about this moment whether uh whether because you know people were very fond of this character for us the way that he did keep yeah uh but you know i mean uh to us it was critical because you know jack's coming of age i mean the, there's it would it would just you're just going with pure myth making then and and yeah. nothing to do with re, you know real yeah. life yeah. in that way well i th- i know, yeah and i think i think it's important for um and for all those reasons and just it just it just it just makes to me i mean because that's how that's how that's how people really die i mean people die in just the most yeah. mundane yeah um sort of in sad ways yeah, yeah even the greatest heroes that we can think of you know that they they the way people go is often very ignoble and just um and and I, and I wanted to represent that and of course that's that's actually how force did really die too so and i think also even just the whole aging process that when you're young you often uh, you think of yourself as, you know, kind of... Oh, yeah. You never think about, uh, you know, mortality or these sort of things. Or, or if you do, they're in a very different way. And right. and you're kind of taking all sorts of risks and, and kind of... And, and, you know, we all have... Uh, most of us have our wild days and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then often you then look back and, and it's something quite different. Yeah, um, it's true. This song was, you know, a big one in the way that we, um, Ralph Stanley singing yeah. Velvet Underground. There is 
speaking of these different themes for us one of the big themes was uh, the whole idea of prohibition mm-hmm. the whole idea of that with uh, the war on drugs still and the corruption that mm-hmm. comes with illegal substances and mm-hmm. and so hence the um, you know white light white heat was velvet underground right. written did, did uh, Nick tell you about Lou Reed coming into the studio no Oh, he didn't. No, I don't think so. When they recorded this, they uh, Lou Reed w- uh, with, uh, was uh, in town, and he dropped by the studio and um, listened to Ralph, his version of White Light, White Heat, and uh, he, he really teared up. No, no way! Like, oh, that's uh, awesome. That's cool. It was like he realized, oh, that's what um, that song. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, that's cool. But uh, sorry, I, I missed the the big thing there too of the brothers um, oh, in yeah. the photo. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And that's... thank you for that. Sure, way. sure. It was hard to it's hard to find a photo of the. I, I wish we could have had a photo of the three of them at, yeah. at, 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 during the time of the of the, the yeah. film. Um, yeah, yeah. We only had a couple of Jack, and there's none of Howard and none of Forrest, and yeah, it's really can't find any pictures of Forrest at all mm. from any age. It's so. I don't know what to say about that. We we had some of Howard as an older man, but that's about it. And so um, I'm glad. I kind of I kind of like the way though that it ended up being the, young, when they're young. Yeah, like that. again, it's sort of like a reference to the full circle of at the beginning, right? At the beginning, right? You right. know the way that the right. Um, and they and they were they were just boys. You know, they were young. These were young men during these during these incidents. Um, and it's sort of that innocence um, that they that they had maybe. Mm. Suggested there, and so this is this is the Willie Nelson song, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. Th- those sort of voices um, of of sort of it's like country meets punk. Yeah, I think I think that's what Nick described as gut bucket style. You yeah, know, where they kind of take those old songs and, and reimagine it, and, and you know, kind of what what Nick and, and Warren do. You know? Yeah, and Warren Warren was uh, he, he was drew my attention to I mean I, I loved uh, Link Ray and his his uh, do you know his stuff mm-hmm. is but from the f- uh, 50s and 60s and this guy uh, just it had that sort of real garage sound um, and uh, recorded so simply and mm-hmm. spontaneously oh, yeah. a big a big influence to on us has always been the for for Warren, Nick, and I, um, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, the soundtrack that Dylan oh, yeah. did, yeah. the way they actually they sat around and you could hear them just like the the looseness of just belting it out by a, ca- a fire, you know, in one take, mm, yeah, was kind of what we were as opposed to the polished um, right right thing, um, which um, we wanted to try to avoid well I think um, I think it's clear in some of the some of the songs in the middle that that, that Nick and Warren do that, that, that it sounds like that when they're just kind of yeah wailing away on it a little bit long credit roll a lot <laughs> of people involved in making a film um, you know uh, way back there's loads of producers um, you know the of course Red Wagon Doug and Lucy um uh, were uh, the primary ones, and Rachel Shane. They right. found the material and right. went all the way through. They brought the book to you, right? Originally, yes, yeah, correct. And I wanted to do a, a, a gangster film ultimately, but I wanted a, uh, some kind of difference, you know, in that right. genre. And the fact that it was about these guys behind Chicago in the big cities at that time, because that's 
rural sort of gangsters I haven't seen f- for ages. Right, you know, right. Of course, Bonnie and Clyde's my, you know, the great one. And it's sort of like where, where the West ends, isn't it? Yeah. Gangster begins once those, you know, guys in the backwoods had to deal with the new technology and the new uh, influences, mm-hmm. you know, of modern world. And the autom- automobile becomes the sort of ascendant yeah, tool. To the horse, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, even a design thing of that converted farm of Blackwater. There's a, you know, the where Cricket is used to be a blacksmith. Yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah. And now um, it's a garage. Megan Ellison was got uh, helped throughout, and um, it was a long, it was a long post thing. There was some various with groups of people disputing particularly it's always a pace and and the end but we got there in Mm. the end and kept that critical ending Mm -hmm. yeah Um, no i i I think the ending is great and and i know that my family really appreciates that ending by the way (laughs) you know what i mean because it it does humanize them and and, and make them out because you know the truth they they didn't go on to be criminals they they ended up being regular people and bonds to this day are yeah. We're not criminals. <laughs> and so I, I know that my father and everybody's pretty happy about that. So thanks for that. <laughs> Keeping that in there. <laughs> well, I for me, it's a great new twist on the gangsters. Yeah. You know, that they're yeah. not all, you know, yeah. circumstances change. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening, um, whoever's listening and um, tolerating me waffle on. Um, thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun.